0: Hello and welcome to Market Matters, a podcast brought to you by Emirates NBD. My name is Maurice Gravier. I am Chief Investment Officer for the bank. Today, we will discuss inflation, what happens, our views, and most importantly, what are the consequences for your investments. Let's be frank. For decades, inflation was not a topic, at least for developed markets. From the new economy of the late 90s to the super cycle of the early 2000s, both technology and globalization combined against price pressure. Even massive quantitative easing during the great financial crisis from central banks across the US, Europe and of course, Japan had no material impact on consumer and producers prices. The highly desired 2% level looked like an unreachable dream. Indeed, it looked like inflation had simply disappeared. Well, not anymore. October numbers for major economies have just been released and they are spectacular. Let's highlight two of them. In the US, the year-on-year increase in consumer prices is plus 6.2%. The last time it happened was in 1990. In China, consumer prices were contained, but the producer side the factory gate prices show a year-on-year progression of plus 13.5%, a level not seen for 26 years. Of course, we can understand the situation. A simplistic way to look at rising inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. After central banks printed and governments distributed trillions to fight the economic consequences of the pandemic there is no shortage of dollars the accumulated pent-up demand has been unleashed by the reopening on the other side production capacities are overwhelmed and so are logistics the same happens in commodities and in services there is obviously a base effect For example, the price of a hotel room is obviously higher now when people travel than a year ago when they couldn't. For central banks, the reasons are identified and they are seen as transitory. They do not panic. Markets, however, have started to question this stance with material moves in interest rates in particular. So let's listen to the experts. I am with Satya Singh, our Head of Fixed Income Strategy, and with Giorgio Borelli, our Head of Asset Allocation. Let's start with you, Satya. Can you tell us first, what is currently happening in bond markets, and second, of course, what we can expect for the near term? Thank you, Maurice. For years, we have known that inflation
1: is the arch enemy of the fixed income markets. Since we are coming out of a decade of low inflation regime, it is difficult for investors to fathom the effect of high inflation on their fixed income portfolios. At a broader level, we are correct to be underweight fixed income in our overall asset allocations under such a scenario. However, as we dig deeper into sub-segments, we do find opportunities as well as pockets to avoid. As you clearly mentioned, with the recent inflation print, we have seen broad-based, stickier sectors under the inflation scale. The Cleveland Fed trimmed mean and Atlanta Fed sticky inflation measures are at multi-decade highs. This puts the Fed's theory of transitory inflation under the scanner. The result is that markets are at odds with the Fed, putting the plumbing system of the global fixed income under stress. The US treasuries, which are the benchmark for pricing trillions of dollars of fixed income assets, are under unprecedented pressure post-pandemic. The three year treasuries marked a large movement in yields last week with an 18 pips increase. Last Wednesday's 30 year bond auction was very weak as well, with the new issue pricing at 1.94% versus an expected 1.88% pre auction level. Moreover, Bloomberg Barclays' US Government Securities Liquidity Index is at its tightest levels since March 2020. In addition, the move index is at its highest point post-pandemic, indicating that the core treasury market is in a state of flux and still in a price discovery mode. Thankfully, spreads of credit sub-segments have been stable, and hence the mark-to-market movements on the client portfolios have been limited. However, markets are priced for perfection, and any negative surprise could result in spreads widening from current levels, especially for markets and sub-segments where the yields are at their tightest. The behavior of the markets next year depends a lot on the policy steps. The U.S. Treasury yield curve has become significantly flatter with markets pricing in two rate hikes next year. Even though Fed might err on the side of caution and would like to avoid the mistake of December 2018 where they had to cut rates within seven months of increasing it. On the long end, market is pricing lower growth. The current ten-year yields indicate a flat GDP growth next year while most of the economists anticipate an above trend growth. We believe the yields are around 20 bps lower than their value currently. Under such a backdrop, the December FOMC meeting gains prominence where the Fed will have a relook at its tapering pace. If the Fed blinks and announces a faster tapering in Q1 of 2022, we'll see an upward movement in the yields in the first half, which would be detrimental to the long duration assets. We would, however, remain overweight in high-yield, developed market financial subordinated space and emerging market corporate. If Fed doesn't move, then the current volatility regime might continue for the near future with markets being at odds, especially with the uncertainty regarding the next Fed chairman mudding the waters. This would increase the specter of policy mistakes in the minds of market participants as the window for a soft landing gets squeezed. We expect in our base case, the yields will peak sometime next year, and we'd have to relook at our current underweight in treasuries and investment grade debt at that point. I'd also like to add that there are some discussions about stagflation and a parallel is being drawn to the 70s. Such a scenario, however, is an armageddon for the fixed income, and there would hardly be any segment within the asset class to hide. But with above trend growth, and inflation expected to remain below six handle according to most analysts next year. Stagflation
0: is not a base case, but a 10-risk for us. Thank you very much Satya. That's pretty clear. Well, I mean, that's pretty clear that the situation is unclear. And uh, of course, we don't believe in Armageddon, but, uh, but we are in dangerous waters. Thanks a lot. Now, inflation is not just about bonds, of course. There are broader implications across all components of a portfolio. So, now I switch to Giorgio, our Head of Asset Allocation, with a simple question. What are the possible scenarios and what would be the consequences for asset classes? Thank you, Boris. In spite of all the slowdown and inflation noise,
2: we'll still remain constructive on the outlook. So, we maintain a moderately optimistic stance and a tactical overweight on equities versus safe bonds, but we also have a bias towards gold as a hedge against persistent inflation. Now, for equities to outperform bonds, a low to mid-single-digit earnings expansion rate has historically proven to be enough, and this rate is driven by the business cycle. And consensus forecasts for microeconomic growth in the major developed countries remain above trend throughout 2022, with China seen a recovery mode. So this should be more than enough for earnings to support markets. Policy is a key element of the investment case, and the approval of the 1.75 trillion Biden package by Congress should see a positive fiscal impulse next year in the US. And in China, the authorities should ease the regulatory pressures and and step-up stimulus by year-end. In order to cushion the slowdown phase well that was the easy part now let's blend in monetary policy and inflation risks and that's where investors would have more concerns inflationary pressures driven by supply bottlenecks high energy prices and firm demand are expected to be more persistent than initially thought but should eventually subside after the first half of 2022 Supply would gradually adjust to demand in the end, and oil production should increase as per the official forecast of the U.S. energy agency. With the economy on an above-trend trajectory but inflation and supply issues easing, we think the Fed would maybe hike just once when done with the tapering of asset purchases to backtrack from overly easing financial conditions. And this very shallow tightening would be well-tolerated, both by the economy and markets. And under such a scenario, longer-dated yields would be well-behaved, probably peaking sometime in the first half of next year. Our base case would be very benign for risk assets, with equities still outperforming other asset classes, though with much more moderate gains as compared to the post-pandemic period. Unfortunately, uncertainty around our base case is quite large, with the two most relevant unknowns being inflation risks and the Chinese slowdown. As for the first risk, the longer inflation remains elevated, the more likely we see the Fed forced to press harder on the tightening brakes. Any steep tightening cycle would be an obvious negative for the economy. Price pressures have been broader based of late and have extended to categories not directly related to the reopening of the economies. This gives less visibility on when price pressures could ease and adds uncertainty to the outlook. A harsher tightening would be our worst case and least probable scenario, with risk assets crashing due to high valuations and a deteriorating growth. But we think that inflation will eventually be manageable in 2022, so top of mind for us is the slowdown facing China. The authorities are expected to add to stimulus by year-end, but the question is that we have less visibility now on the sustainability of the recovery they will engineer. The authorities this time seem to prefer to do what is enough to cope with the situation rather than pull out all the stops to prioritize short-term growth. They have in mind longer-term goals to make the economic development more sustainable. So the Chinese recovery could be more disappointing than in the past and fade much earlier. This would generate pressures on growth and keep the Fed on hold. Risk assets would be less impacted than in the previous scenario and gold would be shining as a hedge as real rates would be plunging. To conclude, from a cross-asset point of view, we remain constructive with a significant gold hedge in our portfolios.
0: Thank you, Giorgio. Uh, we have a base case and we are, of course, ready to adapt to any change that could occur. But uh, in the meantime, I must say that I'm quite happy we are overweight, both stocks and gold just in case for the latter, an underweight fixed income, especially the most sensitive to interest rates. Of course, we should also mention that selectivity is paramount within equities in general, but particularly in a rising inflation environment. It's better for value than for growth, but probably most importantly, the ability of companies to raise prices to protect their margins is an important aspect to consider. High-quality businesses with strong competitive advantages usually do have pricing power. So to conclude, we remain confident and reasonably constructive, but it's fair to say that visibility is not improving. We are working on our 2022 global investment outlook, and frankly, it's not a simple one. More to come on this channel later. Of course, thank you for listening, stay safe and invest wisely for the long term.